0: Welcome to the Meet Me Downstairs podcast. I'm your host, Britt, and I'm here to bring you some real ass conversations about what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a mother, what it means to really just live in this world in female skin and feel empowered and educated and connected to our bodies. So the type of conversations that you're going to hear are going to be with a mixture of experts in the field of female existence and also real women, real men mothers just wanting to share a window into their world so that we can connect better remember you're never alone your sisters are right here on the other end of your speaker and you can always message us to connect deeper so get ready to learn about yourself to love yourself and just embrace this experience popping your headphones turn up you'll speak loud and let's do the damn thing Okay, Monday and we're back with an amazing episode and one that actually a lot of you have been really giddy for since I released the season three trailer and I teased the rebel mamas and so they're on the podcast today. They are the queens of real motherhood and just being cool as fuck while doing it. I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with them and they're my new gurus in feeling financially empowered as a woman and as a mother and that's what we're talking about today, breaking down the fears of finances, how we can get in control of them as women, and sort of like push past past all these stereotypes that men are the ones that take control of money and remove the fear that has been involved in it for women for so long. So who are the Rebel Mamas? Well, they are two badass women that created this multimedia platform. So Nikita and Alex, they are basically rebranding motherhood for a new generation. And it has evolved over the last six years into two best-selling books, which you have to get, a blog, a podcast, a 10,000-member private forum, and so super popular social channels. So Alex and Nikita, they're moms, they're entrepreneurs, they're thought leaders, they're community builders, and they're here for a good time, which you will tell by this pod. In terms of what they've got going on, they have a new book out now called Get Your Shit Together, the Rebel Mama's Handbook for Financially Empowered Moms. And I kid you not, this is an amazing fucking book. It really helped me kind of like get in touch with my finances in a way that I understood and not felt like I was reading some jargon that was like a foreign language to me. So 100% get this book if you're interested in getting in control of your money. And they also, in 2020, released a book called A Handbook for Cool Moms, which is sort of like a girlfriend's guide to motherhood, which is also amazing and right up our alley. We love it so much. And then they also just launched a new podcast called the rebel mama hotline. So please go and check that out and subscribe to them and get into their socials. I'm going to link all of their info in the episode notes. So if you want to check them out more, please do that. And I'll also tag them on our social media. So get into this amazing episode and make some notes you're going to want to hey guys and gals really rebel mamas nikita and alexandra joining us today to talk about financial empowerment in women and i am so excited to have this conversation because i don't know what the fuck i'm doing when it comes to money (laughs) (laughs) Join the club. <laughs> um, yeah, so thank you for doing this and writing this book. And um, I very much enjoyed it. I still am like a little nervous on where to go from here, but I'm very grateful that you put time and effort into creating this for women and for mums. You know, it's just so needed to just break it all down because it's so hard to understand some of this stuff in the context of just business and men and All, you know, all of that. You know, my first question, which is so cliche based on your title of your book, but do you girls have your shit together? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're getting there. Um,
1: But this was fairly new for us, too. It wasn't like our first book where we kind of spoke from experience. This was we had to put the research into this, too. Um, But we decided to write the book because we wanted to learn more and become financially literate. And I think that's the important part here is just starting and learning and not being so hard on ourselves. And we wanted to share those learnings with the class because Mm -hmm. rising tide rises all ships. Oh, I like that.
2: (laughs) We're in a better place now for sure than we were when we started this process. I think that the most important piece of this is that we now have a plan in place and at least we know what goals to set for ourselves that are going to propel us in the direction that we want to be going in and that's kind of a big part of the process so we're we kind of have our shit together do you have
1: your shit together
0: um I would (laughs) say like a hard no nice (laughs)
1: Well, Because it's it's very daunting. That's why, too. Da- f- it is
0: very daunting. I mean, like for myself, like I have my shit together in, in certain areas. But when it comes to money, like I am just trying to play catch up all the time. Yeah. That's just been my experience. And I don't think I really have enough of an understanding of how everything works. And I just loved how your book broke things down. Because I think so many people sort of come into the money game by saving like they just want to figure out how to save mm-hmm. but there is a certain level of you know layers that you have to go through and questions you have to ask yourself before you can even get to that point and I kind of like loved how you guys broke that down um, you know you were talking about planning and then earning and then spending and then debt and then saving and investing and so I just it was sort of like a game changer for me. And even your your first, one of the first questions you kind of asked was um, like getting your head right, getting like checking AMI'd in right. on your relationship mm-hmm. with money. And maybe, maybe we can like kind of go there. And um, that's like my fourth question down, but just <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can just start there and you can give us a breakdown of why that is important to check in with your relationship with money in the first place.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's huge. Mindset is so important in anything that we do, right? So the idea behind that was just to get people to really check in with their own money stories, which are kind of the ideas about money that you may have internalized throughout your life, but especially growing up in your childhood. And, you know, maybe that story is men take care of the money, or maybe that story is money is a scarce commodity, Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's that spending is bad and saving is noble. But whatever that story that you've kind of told yourself about money is, you have to kind of acknowledge it first before you can move past it and rewrite a new story of something
1: that's going to benefit you more. And it's so telling too, usually when you really start to think about it, you're like, oh, that kind of makes sense why I feel this fear or this anxiety around
0: money, right? And I think it's interesting because I think becoming – a mother, um, sort of like not married and all of a sudden money has now become this like crazy important thing for me to make sure that I have my own independence and that I can like take care of myself and take care of my child. So Mm -hmm. it's sort of, you know, I've come from a pretty privileged family. Um, you know, money was always in my head, but it, it was never like a, a scarcity. Mm-hmm. So it's only really now that I am a parent myself and I have my own business that it's just sort of like rearing its head at me. And I'm like, well, well wait, I wasn't taught this stuff. And even in school, I remember doing a business class in school, but that was freaking useless. Yeah. So Yeah, definitely, you know, my relationship is shifting, and it's now feeling more scarce. Whereas before, when I was younger, I didn't really have an understanding, it just was, you know, there, luckily, and and I'm very blessed for that. But definitely now, especially with a pandemic, this feeling of scarcity is like there all the time and I'm trying to hustle and trying to make sure that I'm covering my ass and it's like month to month which is never what I would like (laughs) and I would like to get beyond that.
1: Studies show that women view money as a limited resource Mm. which is very interesting and we just recently learned this too um, from being on a podcast with smart money mamas which you should definitely follow because they talk a lot about your mindset and resetting that Um, so women view it as a limited resource, like a pond and men view it like an unlimited resource, like an ocean. So just that alone is already setting you up for like a a different frame of mind. And we think we need to borrow that male point of view Mm -hmm. and kind of rejig our goals as a result. So, you know,
0: think like a man almost. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I definitely agree. To just sort of like shift that.
2: Yeah. If your goal is, oh, I just want to make a little bit of money so I can help support my family. Well, then you're going to make a little bit of money. Right. If your goal is, I want to out earn my husband and be the richest bitch on the block. <laughs> cool. Then maybe that's what you will achieve in the end. You know, it's yeah. kind of a reframing of what do
0: you
1: actually want? Right?
0: Yes, exactly. And then figuring out how to get there and understand, yeah. understanding and think- your way there. Men have an
1: easier time taking it, too. They kind of come Mm -hmm. in with confidence to be like, I want this. And they kind of feel like they deserve it. And they're, you know, they they want to take it where women are sort of they're sort of like, oh, I don't know. And I'm not sure. And a lot of the times for women, their husbands make a lot of the decisions for them and have been managing their finances. So they kind of feel like they don't even have, I don't know, the skill set to deal with it.
0: And I think society plays such a huge role in that, like the narrative of, of women and men when it comes to money. And I know that's changing a lot, but it still exists very much like men being the breadwinner, women being the caregiver. I, I can't remember what you call it in your book. Um, oh, gosh, it's totally a motherhood penalty. Is that what it is?
2: Yes. Yes. It's real. That's not even like a metaphor. Yes. It's literal. Women are penalized average of 12%. Um, when they have children and then that goes up by five percent with every every child right every child they have so and then on yep. the flip side of that there is the fatherhood bonus mm. which is a phenomenon that sees men get promoted and earn more money after becoming a father so the whole thing is we're, it's, we're, it's, money is a game but it certainly is rigged yeah,
1: yeah absolutely easy. and and it's like and it's a liability for a lot of employers too right because most of the time if your kid is sick or anything happens and you need to take time off work it's the woman that has to deal with that
2: and that but that is a result of the fact that we get paid less right exactly. like it, this is yes. just a whole it's a snowball self-fulfilling prophecy just layers and layers of bullshit on top of each other but <laughs> we can fight through it that shouldn't put us off from trying to change things that's you know, that's an important part of the book too, is like, yes, you know, the odds are stacked against us, but if we're going to change the system, we have to do it from the inside. So we got to get in the game.
0: Yeah. And even just bringing awareness to the fact that this exists and not hiding from it anymore is such a huge game changer too. But, you know, what are you, what do you think we can do as women, just as in the, in the realm of like, culturally, this is what's happening. What can we do to sort of push against that?
2: Well, I know I think that you know we you speak about the narrative of women and money, and I just I come from an English literature background. That's what I studied in school, and it really taught me to never discount the impact of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for us to remember that society's stories, as we know them, are written by men. Yeah. Men have controlled the narrative for literally thousands of years and we're still dealing with the repercussions of that. Um, You can trace it all the way back to the Bible. Like what's the first story we learn about women? It's that Eve's curiosity introduced suffering to the human race and women can't be trusted. So that's fucking lovely, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Followed Um, by witches and things like that. Right. So women only really started creating their own stories and contributing those to the overall narrative about 300 years ago.
0: Which is incredible in the space of time. Right,
2: exactly. So when you, like, we kind of have to think really big picture about this stuff, I think, because, you know, if we're just now starting to change the narrative about women and money, we're changing that because women are creating the stories now. And, you know, it was really important for us to include that element of storytelling in the book so that, you know, you got to read examples of women who have done the damn thing, you know, it creates these role models that we can look up to because the role models we're looking up to for people who have accumulated wealth, they're all men. And that's not really a reasonable thing for women to look up to, right? So we need to see that story play out for women. And the story needs to be rewritten by women and women need to see what their potential is through that. And it does happen through storytelling. The narrative is so important.
1: Yeah. And even the, even I would say the language and the tone we used and stuff like that, like we were very careful about putting this book together. So it's easily digestible. And so any woman that picks it up can really have like something from a woman's perspective, like a girlfriend's guide that's like, we're moms too. We've been there. We know what it's like to have childcare on our shoulders and things like that. That's why we wanted to include all those things in there, plus the stories where you can really take inspiration from these women that have done it and, you know, you can read and kind of see how you can do it too, right?
0: Yeah, and I thought it was great because like, it almost felt like a conversation, which yeah. is rare And your first book did that too. So you guys have a real nap for sort of just like, well, we're just going to speak to you like people and not. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine that.
1: Well, especially
0: like, especially with finance, like
1: even the books we are reading when we were researching, it's like, oh my God, they're so boring. They're so long. They're kind of like encyclopedias and, you know, we're not even trying to set people up to be the wolf of Wall Street. Like we're just trying to set a foundation and explain the basics in our kind of way so that it's, you know, you don't get
2: screwed over by some financial advisor who knows that you know nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the point. You may not close the book and say, okay, perfect. I know exactly what to do. You close the book and you say, okay, great. Now I'm going to go find somebody that I can actually have a conversation with and I can hold my own in that conversation Yeah, and figure out something that's going to work for me going forward based on that. But if you go in with zero knowledge, then you're going to get screwed over. And that's not
1: right. Well, that's the thing about financial literacy, right? When you're educated on something, even if you don't know the full 100%, you feel more empowered and you feel more confident. Yeah, that's the whole point.
0: Yeah, and I love that as well. And, you know, because I think for me in, you know, in the past and still exists, I, I get flustered when I am talking about money, even with my, um my partner or my dad or you know the people in my life or if conversations about finance and investing and stuff come up i literally feel like i have a frog in my throat like i don't know how to involve myself in this conversation and um well we weren't taught to be having these conversations yeah. for so
1: long right it was yeah. such a taboo like it's not polite for women to talk about their finances and we're trying to squash that right out of the gates right it's yeah. like get comfortable talking about it start practicing talking with your husband or your friends ask yeah, you know ask your, your fr- friends forget about your yeah <laughs> you know sometimes it's easier with your friends because you can sort of say like this is what I'm doing what are you doing how much yeah. are you making how much you know how much are you saving and then you know, everybody doesn't know what they're doing. But if you start having those conversations, you you feel a little bit more empowered. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what would you say is like kind of like a cheat sheet or like your top must knows when it just comes to financial literacy?
2: I mean, the book is as close to a cheat sheet yeah. as we could to Bella. <laughs> it's true. We tried really hard to to make it so that it was digestible and broken down as you said we broke it down into five parts
0: Mm -hmm. well maybe Um, we can talk about that why why did you choose sort of that route for success
2: well because as you said we do tend to speak to women especially about you know your financial success comes with like savings and frugality and that's just Simply not true, your financial success comes with how much money can you bring in, and that comes down to earning. so what does earning look like for a mom? What can it look like for a mom? what are the you know what are the pros and cons, and what are the barriers there, and how do we get over those barriers? That was really important for us to break down early mm-hmm. because if you 're making really good money, you don't have to be price matching at the grocery store and doing all these things that are generally marketed to moms in the world of finance. So we kind of wanted to change, flip that script a little bit. And then we wanted to talk about debt early as well, because your debt and how you manage it affects your credit score. And your credit score affects how much you're charged for money that you're being lent basically so your interest rate is a reflection of your credit score and we wanted people to understand that too so the order kind of came that way because we were like okay we just want people to understand how this puzzle fits together and then we wanted to talk about saving and investing at the end because you know it's something that you do need to kind of have the other things in check before you can really get into yeah well that's your extra money right yes yeah but we also want people to know that you can save and invest while getting out of debt like you can do all of these things at the same time which is something that we learned
1: in writing the book yeah I think the way we broke it down helped us to yes like understand everything because we didn't have a quite clear understanding of it either that took a lot of work to figure that
0: out. (laughs) it seems so
2: simple but we're like no this is the route this is the way oh my god we figured it out
0: eureka So how is it going for you guys now that you've like written this and your own financial journeys? Are you guys feeling like this shift and this empowerment in yourself?
2: Yeah, it's definitely changed our, I think it's just changed the way that we're setting our goals.
1: Well, just the way we see it and how we're comfortable talking about it now, like we don't shy away from the topic, whether we're around men or women. Um, I think we applied it to our personal lives. We've also applied it to our business and we're sort of, I don't know, we're smarter in the way we work now because we have a different understanding of money. And I think when you have anxiety and stress around it, you kind of don't want to go near it, which is bad for you, right? Like it does you no service if you're just trying to escape it. I mean, we're still, we're not pros, like by any means, we're not trying to position ourselves as like financial pros, but we just want women to be able to, it's a quick book to read. It takes you like two days to get through the whole entire thing for them to realize how simple it can really be to start getting their shit together and build that foundation, you know, get your will. Um, what are the other things we say your life insurance and, and yeah. things like that. And open a savings account, like do those steps that like literally nobody wants to do and everybody procrastinates on. Cause it's super not glamorous. But once you get those things in place, you feel so much better.
0: Yeah, it's true. I mean, I have not, I mean, I've done my life insurance, but a will makes me nervous for obvious reasons. But even just, I feel like I have because it's morbid, I have nothing to also leave my kid so I'm like well
1: it's not even like it's just your your kid will acquire your debt and all your your shit if you don't if you don't write it down and if you don't make those decisions who will right you don't really want to leave it in the hands of anyone else so it is a little bit morbid but we do know that we all die like it's gonna happen and hopefully you know your family can be safe when you do And you have all those things in place, right? And it doesn't take long anymore. Like, gone are the days of you sitting in a boardroom with your lawyer for five hours trying to draft a will. Like, you can literally do it. We work with Willful. You you can do a will online in, like, 20 minutes. Nikita did it um, recently. Super simple. And then you walk away feeling so, so much better. It's peace of mind that's really priceless.
0: You know, I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, the relationship between men and women. And in a more quote-unquote like traditional sense being that you know men are p- potentially in this scenario making more money than the woman and um, how to feel of value so a, a personal example is um, you know in lockdown my son's father is earning more money than I do and he Um, is considered an essential worker so he's like out and earning Mm -hmm. whereas my job has completely shifted and I'm like trying to hustle to figure out you know how to kind of make more money and do that kind of stuff whilst parenting my our child and so we often get in not arguments but like discussions about and comparisons about who's doing more. And well, I'm doing this, and you're doing that, which is never fun to sort of compare, but you just sort of want to feel understood. It seems as though like the value, like how do you measure the importance of money or value, as in like, because my parenting doesn't necessarily have a dollar bill attached to it and he is out there working there seems to be some sort of like disconnect that one is better than the other and so somehow I am not doing enough because I'm not bringing money in if this makes sense, I feel like I'm- I mean, if you things. wanted
1: to really break it down for him simply, then if you were working full-time and you hired a nanny at $20 an hour, which is the going rate, then you have your amount right there. Yeah. What your work is worth. Because you are doing a job, a job that people take money for. So the fact of you not you know, getting paid for that job is actually saving you guys thousands of dollars. Yeah. yeah, but I also don't think that your situation is unique at all,
2: unfortunately. Um, in writing this book, we learned that in Canada, the median wage for a male is upward of $60,000 a year. And the median a, uh, wage for a woman is like 30 grand. So oh, wow, the average man is making double what a woman makes anyway, which is bullshit. But the, it's a, the truth. It's an unfortunate truth that we have to deal with. Um, You know, we grapple with the same shit in our households. We make less than our partners. And yeah, it fucking stings sometimes. And it's really hard to quantify your value in the house, especially as a stay-at-home parent. Um, I found that my life insurance, doing my life insurance policy was a kind of nice thing to do because it helped me <laughs> to assign a value yes. to what I was doing. Because the thought was, if I croak tomorrow, how much will it cost to keep this household running Exactly. the way exactly. that it runs now? You're going to yep. need a cleaning person. You're going to need a nanny. You're going to need to order in 10 meals a week, like lunches and dinners. Mm. You know, all those things, the driving, the... You know, it's like a you basically become like a personal assistant to to it. Like, so all these things add up when you think, how much would it really cost to replace me in this family? So a life insurance policy is a nice little value determiner. Um, That's interesting. But, you know, for us, we started to have this kind of. Discourse too in our households, especially when our kids were really little and we were revenue negative. And the way that we were able to kind of change that reality for ourselves was just to get out into the world and start
0: making money. Yes, and that's what I've done. (laughs) But you know, it's it just I didn't like the the energy of of that led me to that point because it was sort of like I kept feeling like I had to prove myself over and over and over again when I'm already delivering, like. A fucking high job of yes. being a good mom and now on top of that I'm having to now go and work so that I can prove my value to somebody else and also to myself because yes you know I I put a lot of pressure on myself to do this for me and probably more than he actually needs but However I'm internalizing it is sort of making me feel like less than. So I have to now push even harder. And then what happens is I'm, now I'm working, now I'm parenting, now I'm doing all this stuff. Yeah, you're exhausted. and (laughs) friggin' exhausted. And he just walks in at the end of the day and he's like, oh, great food. I'm going to bed. And I'm like, you're a fucking asshole. (laughs) Well, he doesn't
1: even realize how much value is in those things, right? Good old gender roles, right? Like the men have all the power and then... You know, the women are left to pick up the childcare and everything else around the house.
0: Yes. I mean, but I mean, how can we sort of like shift that too? Well,
1: we're trying. I mean, we're, and you kind of have to demand that from your partner too. And you have to have the conversations. Like when Nikita and I were working on this book or when we work on projects and stuff we have no issues telling our husbands to take the primary caregiving role because, you know, especially when we had this contract for this book and it was a pandemic, the kids got sent home from school, you know, we had no other choice. So we said, sorry, like, this is work. Mm -hmm. You're going to need to go ahead and be the primary caregiver today. Like, too bad. And we can't, it's on us a little bit to step away and put them in that position too
0: yes Not i feel like you. we have to
1: do everything because sometimes women do it to themselves yes like, i gotta do everything let them deal with it it's fine and if anything it's a great bonding moment for them
2: it's a that's great bonding true. moment like, for you go guys. ahead and be a
1: parent you know yeah. it's, like, it's like when guys say they're babysitting like fuck off with that so,
2: i know yeah. <laughs> oh but gosh. you know that's i totally understand that like you know saying that you got to get out there and make your own money is just putting more work onto women's shoulders Um, And the only reason why we say that is because that's kind of the only thing you have control over in this situation. Um, Unfortunately, this is going to take a top-down approach to fix. We know that the motherhood penalty comes into effect after women take maternity leave. So that's a good place to start. We need men taking parental leave at the same rate as women do. That's one way to even the workplace playing field. We need mandatory pay transparency because we Mm. cannot have women and men working the same jobs and getting paid completely different rates. We need to know what everybody's making so that that stops. Um, And then we also need universal childcare. Like the median, as I said, the you know, the average woman is making $30,000. Well, that's how much fucking daycare costs. So why do you think women are dropping out of the workforce to stay at home? If that expense was not something that we had to deal with, then that conversation of, well, it's my whole salary anyway, so I'm just going to drop out of the workforce, doesn't happen. Those three things need to be put into place from the very top, though. That needs to be written into law, and the law is a very slow moving moving body, unfortunately. Um, but I think that this pandemic has highlighted the need for all of those things in a way that nothing else has before. So it's given me some hope in thinking that, you know, maybe things will change in that direction for us. And I think once those three things are put into place, we're going to see some really, really big changes. But the only thing that we can actually do is change how much we're earning.
0: Yes and also and talking about keep having about this it.
1: conversation yeah like yeah, exactly. the fact that like when we came out with this book it was such a great response we've been on a ton of podcasts a lot of women want to do this and they mm-hmm. want to talk about it and the fact that it's getting out there and like Nikita said the pandemic highlighted all of that and it's sort of like pissed us off you know pissed off the the moms and the women they were like are you guys seeing this do you see what we have to deal with now you know they're dropping out of the workforce at like incredible rates and being pushed out of the workforce yes Yes. yeah careful with our
2: language there because like come on Yes. No one's like, oh, I'll just take a little break now. Like, no, that's not what, how it's happening. Yeah, they had no choice.
0: Yeah, and then what about tips that, or advice for people who are co-parenting or single parenting and have this pressure sort of alone or with a, a partner, but not in the same household?
2: I mean, there's so many challenges for solo parents these days. And the amount of solo parents is increasing so much. There's so many People having kids, you know, out of wedlock. Now people aren't really getting married anymore. I'm not married. You're not married. Yeah. Um, And then there's a lot of people that have just decided to have kids on their own too. And the wage gap does not account for this. Mm -hmm. Like you cannot have a single parent earning thirty thousand dollars and living a good life off of that. Um, So for solo parents, we break it down in our book that there is support available, and nobody should feel any ounce of guilt for taking that support, because once again, you're playing in a rigged system, and you deserve all of the support you can get. So we break down where to find those resources in the book as well. Um, But obviously, just having an understanding of how this game of money works when you're a solo parent, and you're responsible for everything, including family finances, is so important. You know, start saving now. If Even if you're dealing with debt, once again, you can service debts and save simultaneously and that's definitely something that solo parents are going to want to be thinking about because you're responsible for your kids you know future solely yeah everything at that
0: point. yeah
2: so I thought that was like when we had our friend Dr. Jelena's contribute that piece yeah, I was just going to say that to the book about how she you know exited a marriage and landed on her own two feet well that's because she already had her shit together kind of like she knew about all these different tools that she could use to increase her wealth she you know she had her finances in order and that's why she was able to get out of that relationship how and when she did and that's just such like, you know, this is something that you are, is so valuable for any woman to know, because it gives you that option that like, if your relationship blows, exactly. you can get out of it. Yeah, like, you're, there's not so to
1: it. Well, there's so many women that just stay in unhealthy relationships yes. because of this like financial burden, because of yeah. the man is making all the decisions that they feel like if they leave, you know, everything's going to go downhill from there.
0: Thanks again for writing this book. Our pleasure. (laughs) Um, And uh, sort of like, you know, my last kind of question is a little bit about self-care because we're big advocates for that here, but, but more so like realistic self-care. So mm-hmm. the small <laughs> things that we can do for ourselves that sort of like bring us feelings of love and freedom that aren't like a commercialized product or a hundred dollar massage or whatever, but like little things. And you talk about financial freedom being like the highest point of self-care. So why is that for you?
2: You know, I think that we figured out that when you like peel back the layers to try to figure out what is it, the root Of your stress, the reason that you're seeking self-care, you'll probably find that your money worries are right at the center. So what we, like our take on it is that if you take the steps to understand your financial standing and you create a plan to pay down your debt and you create a plan to build wealth, and then you automate that plan, then you address the root of the problem instead of just hoping that something like CBD bath bomb is going to help you forget about your problems for 15 minutes. You know, if you're coming up with this plan to put yourself back in the power seat, like there's nothing that you can do that's kinder to yourself than that.
1: Yeah. And you have to be really aware of consumerism and marketing and stuff like that because, you know, advertisers will have you think that these like $30 beautifully smelling candles and exquisite face masks are going to solve all your problems and retail therapy is real it feels really good to click a button and something arrives at your door and you feel a little bit better for five minutes but when you lay your head down at the end of the day your problems are still there so yeah what we're saying is like address all that first and get to your debt and you know start saving and you know come up with a plan so that you have generational wealth and then you can do whatever the fuck you want. Then you can have all the bath bombs in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but don't start there.
2: And spending is a part of it. Like in one of the things that we talk about is budgeting. And we talk about the 50, 30, 20 rule where like 50% of your earnings should service your needs. So like food and shelter and stuff like that. Yeah. 30% should service your wants because why the fuck go out and make money if you're not buying the shit that you want with it and then 20% should service your financial goals and which can be your debt and your savings right Mm -hmm. so if you want to spend that 30% on your you know face masks and bath bombs and whatever like knock yourself out go for it do it treat yourself like you know we're all on board for that buy yourself a nice yoga mat and a new yoga outfit and you know, namaste yourself into oblivion. We're game for that. But it has to be part of a bigger, a plan, bigger plan for your yeah.
0: financial well-being, right? Absolutely. And that is such a great way to think about it because, you know, when you're sort of figuring out a budget and figuring out savings and all that kind of stuff, you all, like at least for me, I feel like I have to put my needs aside. No. So, yeah. You know, you're creating Never, space and permission for for people to know put your needs in there, your wants yes. in there, make space for that because it's important.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then money doesn't, like, then saving and, all, and and your debt
0: and stuff doesn't become such a
1: terrible and depressing topic because you are servicing all your needs, right? You're doing all of the things instead yeah. of, yeah.
0: Yeah, and um, I, you know, I had a friend who uh, was offering me just some advice and, you know, for for those who are not making sort of equal pay within your own partnership. Um, So I just thought I would ask what you think about this is she was saying, you know, because we want to create a savings account for our son, like something for like an account for him because we earn different sets of money, but somehow we want it to feel equal. She was saying, well, why don't you just put an equal percentage of your earnings into this space and let that be equal? Yeah,
1: we're down with that plan. Yeah, Yeah, totally. That makes so much sense sweet okay cool you can't have the exact same amount of money
0: because somebody's earning more than you are (laughs) but at least if you're putting in the same percentage then it is sort of equal to what you're bringing in and what they're bringing in and your
2: situation is not unique like yes men earn more than women statistically like it is not your fault in the relationship that you're earning less especially if you have a kid like you've been hit by the wage gap plus the motherhood penalty like This is not something that is within your control and it's something that you're actively fighting against, but you, at the end of the day, it is what it is. So Mm. saying let's each put in $500. Cool. Great. You earn $10,000 and I earn a thousand and we're both putting in 500 bucks. That's not fair. That's the difference between equity and equality right? Equality is same, same. Everybody puts in $500. Equity is everybody puts in a fair amount for what they're earning.
0: Yes. Well, my last question is- um, Get your I, husband
1: to read the book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm Throw you. it right at him. Yeah, yeah, read this. Like,
0: this is for you. Well,
1: <laughs> men need to have an understanding of where we're coming from too. Like They yeah. need the context. And I think sometimes they forget. And yeah. I th-
0: I'll probably get him to listen to this episode and he'll be like, yeah. uh, like, you, who are these
1: ladies? you <laughs> kind
0: of mean to me. I'm so sorry <laughs> in advance-ish, but like also no. <laughs> but, also um, not, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, so I ask this on every um, podcast that I do because I kind of created this podcast as a way to honor the woman within the mother. Like, don't forget about her. She's still a part of you. So I, my question is, how do you honor the woman within you, both of you?
1: Well, we don't try to change her, that's for sure. No, we do not. (laughs) I think we're very, uh, what we were before and our identity and the things that were important to us and we were passionate about are still the same things today. So we didn't just drop that and become moms. Um, We accept and we love ourselves for who we are and we view aging as a privilege, denied to many. So we embrace it, you know, and we focus on that. Um,
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. And I just, you know, it comes down to as well, like, you know, I honor my appearance. I like to keep looking as natural as I can and any self-care that I do partake in, I do it strictly to feel good rather than to look good, but you know, whatever, what makes you feel good ends up making you look good. But I just think that, you know, we're Alex and I are really kind to ourselves in a lot of ways and we appreciate who we are. And I think we've had really good examples of that growing up. You know, we have strong yeah, moms and grandmothers who have shown us the way. And we're just gonna proudly follow in those footsteps and honor them and honor ourselves. And I guess that's all we can
1: do. I mean, we're also very unapologetic about who we are and we sort of take no shit in the way too. We, yeah. We are who we are. Our husbands, you know, they, they know who they're with. They've been with us for a long time and we're not going to change and we're not going to feel bad about it. So we're kind of straight shooters like that. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. Like not suppressing all of that oh, inner yeah. dialogue and just being who you are.
0: And that's what I appreciate about you guys and the way that you, you know, are on social media and writing these books and the fact that you're called rebel mamas, like, I just love that. It makes it a little bit naughty, but like in the best way, yes. <laughs> you know, it gives people a little bit of space to be like, oh, okay, so maybe I can let out this little part of me that I hide sometimes. So
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. women make people uncomfortable and we don't really care about that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and and, but, and was- you, but you need people to do that. yes. People, some people have to fill that role. And if you guys are just doing this naturally, this is who you are, then, oh God, we need it. So thanks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, if we're showing women that, you know, we're rebelling against the status quo, they're going to feel like they can do it too. And the more yeah. women that feel like that, the more empowered we'll all be. So yeah.
2: At the end yeah. of the day, the status quo is not doing us any favors. Exactly. <laughs> it's as you, you know, after this conversation, we can, you know, it's easy to say that, you know, the status quo is... Keeping us behind the eight ball, and we don't want to be there anymore. So no. fuck it. It's <laughs> tear time. It down. It's our time. <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, thank you so much, everybody. Get your book, get this book, get your shit yes. together. The Rebel Mama's Handbook for Financially <laughs> Empowered Moms. Like, I am just so, really, like, honestly, very, very grateful and grateful for both of your books and your presence and, you know, being brave to put yourselves out there. It just, It means the world to me. And I know so many other women definitely are going to feel the same way. And um, for taking the time to just talk to me and to talk to my followers and listeners and giving them inspiration to stand up for who they are and what they want and, you know, being the badass woman that they are. Yeah, man.
1: Rebel, rebel to that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So thanks, gals. Thank you so much for listening in. As always, if you enjoyed, leave us a review. It really supports our channel and it helps it to grow and let other people who might be interested in this stuff find us. And then also please just share it. Subscribe. um, Love it. Whatever it is that you guys do to keep supporting. We appreciate it so much and we will chat on the next episode.